We only have just over 24 hours left in isolation. Woohoo! I can't wait to get out. <laughs> well, I guess we, we have got out on three occasions, haven't we? But that was purely to have a COVID, COVID test. COVID test. Mm. Although yesterday we walked down to the one at the park. So that was Rush very Gutter's pleasant. Day. Yeah, yeah. You know, just to get out in the sunshine. I mean, we'd had two no- negative tests before that, and that test proved negative. So mm. it's just a matter of time now. Yep, absolutely. Until we're free. Yes. Woo-hoo. Never been so pleased to get out and have somebody stick a thing up your nose. <laughs> Still. So today we're talking about the sale of the Sirius building, or more to the point, what they're going to do with the money. And we're going to talk about the hiding of defects. What else have we got, Sue? And the next phase of the apartment buyer protection starting. Yep. And mm. then there's something we should mention, which is the apparent collapse of the whole property services expert panel. Oh, really? The estate agents have pulled out. But they were the ones who were, they were lobbying the ones, for it. Yeah. It was their idea. Yeah. And now they pulled oh, out. Wow. Okay. There's that and a lot of other stuff coming up. I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the flat chat column for the Australian Financial Review. And I'm Sue Williams, and I write about property for Domain. And this is the flat chat wrap. Okay, so what's the skinny on Sirius? Well, the the New South Wales government has just announced where the money is going to be spent. Now, we're talking about the what they call the brutalist architecture block down right close to the Harbour Bridge with the fabulous views of the Opera House. That's right. Yeah, and it was social housing for many, many years. It was yeah. built in 1979, and it's always been very cheap housing for, for social welfare recipients, really. And I think from the front, right. it looks like a bar graph. Because it kind of goes up to a peak Steep, and then comes yeah. down again. Yeah. No, I can I can certainly see that. And that peak is could be the huge sums that the developers are going to get for selling the new apartments in there. Yeah, because they've renovated inside, and they paid 150 million to buy it from the New South Wales government. Mm-hmm. But there have been reports that they now stand to make about 200 million dollars in profit. Right. Which is huge, and a lot of people are saying. Why didn't the New South Wales government develop it itself? Yes. As well as the controversy over all the social housing people being moved moved out. But it's really interesting because on Saturday, we were sent a press release finally announcing where the money is going to be spent. Why deliver that news on a Saturday, one asks. Well, well maybe it's because what the news is, how much money are they spending? Um, they're spending $150 million. Okay. Which is what they received for the sale. Yeah, they've already built thirty-eight homes, and they've they've got another three hundred on the way. So they were actually announcing where these houses are going to be built. Right. And guess what? You know, from having some social housing right in the middle of, of Sydney. Yes. Now the new social housing is going to be in, in Vaucluse. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, not. It's going to be in Campsie. That's the closest, I think, to the middle of well, Sydney, which is it's still a way out. Yep, Bexley North, Warwick Farm, out west, St Mary's. But then even further away, Gosford up on the central coast, Tweed Heads right on the border. Right. And then we've got Dubbo, we've got Wagga, Gladys's yeah. ex-boyfriend's constituency. His stomping ground, yes. Yep. 
um, South Kempsey, Nowra, Griffith, South Grafton, like all a long, long way. Just Gosford on that list? Yep, Gosford is there as well. And up in, in the Northern Rivers. These are areas where, you know, private uh, rentals have been absolutely wiped out by Airbnb type That's rentals. That's true, yeah. So those people just can't find anything. So, you know, they need housing there. And Wagga Wagga is, I don't know what the situation is there, but um, there's not an awful lot of places to rent because I just checked. Mm. And the weird thing is, you can buy a two-bedroom apartment in Wagga for 300000 thereabouts. Sure. You can get a two-bedroom apartment in Gosford for about 500000 How many 500000s go into $150 million? <laughs> Well, It should um, be 2,000 houses they're building, mm, 2,000 apartments. Mm. And in fact, they're building 350. Yeah. It's not many, is it? There's a big, big, big gap there between yeah. the money that they're spending and what they're getting for it. That's right. And the architect, Tal Gophers, did a, a column in the, the Sydney Morning Herald this week. I don't know if you read it. And he was saying that he reckons if the New South Wales government had planned to do the re- redevelopment itself, yep. it could have built an extra 400 social housing units. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a big difference, isn't it, really? He's using the same pocket calculator that I am. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And when you say you could buy a unit out there for 300000 what a contrast that is to the apartment that has been just sold in Sirius for $35 million. Yeah. I mean, look, what they're selling is the view, mm, that sure. fabulous view across uh, Circular Quay straight to the Opera House. Oh, fabulous. You know, and it, it's worth a lot of money. But, but it was it- interesting. Tao was saying... Um, he can't believe it, really, because one of the problems with that building has always been the noise level. <laughs> right. So he's saying that it's going to be really noisy for the for the people who move in there. Who knows? Well, they've got better noise mitigation uh, technology in the build uh, now yeah. than they, they had when that building first went up, you would think. Mm. The noise is probably greater now. Of course, there's probably more traffic. But Well, they're going to have balconies on there, aren't they? Yeah. They didn't have balconies before. And I think they didn't have balconies before. One of the problem, one of the reasons he said was because of the noise. Right. right. So, um, now they can have balconies. It's hard to see how you can mitigate all that noise just with a balcony. But yeah. who knows? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're, they're working on it. It would be a shame to spend, how much did you say the apartment's costing? $35 million. And not be able to tell anybody how much you'd spent because they can't hear you. <laughs> Okay, well, that's that's our first scandal. When we come back, let's talk about the Property Services Expert Panel. That's after this. So this week, we saw the brand new Property Services Expert Panel basically start to crumble. Yeah, because they're the ones who, they're going to set up a real estate commissioner, aren't they? They They're wanted a the- real estate commissioner. See, what happened, look, for, well, for a start, I mean, it was a mess to begin with because fair trading set the thing up and basically invited everybody that they could think of who had anything to do with property except for tenants and owners. The Owners Corporation Network was not invited. 
the tenants' union was not invited. So everybody involved in property except the people who live in it? Yes, because what would they know? <laughs> and mm. and it even extended to a representative of the wool growers. What, what the, I mean, I think well. it's got something to do with the stock and property agents who are also there. Mm. Uh, the short-term rental people, they're there. The strata managers, of course, are there. Um, and real estate trainers, they got invited. So, okay, this is, so this is trundling forward, this mammoth committee, which you suspect is going to look like one of these pictures you get out of China with the, the central committee of the <laughs> Communist Party. There's just rows and rows of seats of people. And then the story came out last week that, uh, I think it was David Chandler had raised the issue of People selling apartments in buildings that he had said they weren't going to get a, an occupancy certificate unless they fixed the defects. But still, real estate agents were still selling these apartments oh, yeah. without telling purchasers that there was a defects issue. Mm. The real estate agents turned around and said, well, where do we get this information? Like they don't read newspaper stories about property. But that's what they said. And apparently it's really difficult to find the information about which apartment blocks. And by information, I mean definitive mm. government websites that say this apartment block has yeah. got this. You have to be really proactive to actually find it, don't yeah, you, really? Yeah, you do. To be you honest. Do. And it's, it's a fact of life. It's nature of the beast that real estate agents are not going to go looking for stuff that's going to make it harder for them to sell their properties. So that was a bit of disquiet then. And then the ad went in the various official organs for the new independent property commissioner right. to be an employee of fair trading. And that's when the Real Estate Institute of New South Wales, Tim McKibben, who's the CEO. CEO, he just blew up at that and said, look, if this is going to be a fair trading run thing, we're not in Ah, oh, because it would end up stifled in bureaucracy, probably. Well, they, they like everything else, the same kind tree. of freedom no. as, as David Chandler has got as building commissioner. But his office is set up by an act of parliament, isn't it? Mm. So he he is associated with fair trading, but I don't think he he's kind of there. His bosses, I think he he's truly independent. Yeah. Whereas this real estate commissioner or property services commissioner was going to be just an adjunct of fair trading. Mm. And it shows you the regard in which fair trading is held in the property sector. Mm, yeah. That that was the trigger. So last week, Tim McKibben announced that the Real Estate Institute of New South Wales will not be part of the property services expert panel. Which now makes it absolutely ridiculous. You can't have it without the real estate agents, really. No, when we would say you can't have it with the people without the the residents of, of um, homes, but, you know, you certainly so can't have it with the people who are selling them. So you yeah. don't have the apartment owners, you don't have the tenants, and now you don't have the real estate agents. Um, Chris Duggan, who's CEO of Strata Community Association, which is the Strata Manager's sort mm. of peak body, he's hanging in there. <laughs> but I, I imagine that right now there's a lot of 
behind the scenes negotiation going on and they're saying, come on, Tim, like, what do you need? What do you want? But mm. it's not a great start, is it? No, absolutely not. It does feel a bit like, as he suggested, it was pointless and window dressing mm. and yeah. wasn't ever going to actually achieve anything. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. And in other news from fair trading or better regulation and innovation, I think um, the, the next phase of the apartment buyer protections comes in this last week, didn't it? It's yeah, just July in. the 1st. Mm. And this is basically insisting that every all the professionals connected with apartment development have to register their plans and their projections with the government. I think it's government with fair trading. So that it increases the transparency and uh, accountability of engineers, architects and uh, builders so that they can, and I think they kind of have to get approval as well. Okay, uh, well, that's good. So everyone would know what's going on. Yeah, and, and it means that this information will be accessible to apartment, like the, the strata committees and things when, when they go back to the developer and say, hang on, you promised us a swimming pool mm-hmm. and you've given us a fish pond, yep. they can go back <laughs> and say, oh, look there, it says swimming pool. Yep. And they'll say, yeah, but it's for fish to swim in because <laughs> they're developers. <laughs> and that's a good idea because I remember um, when we had our defects problems, we it was really hard to get hold of any of the documents. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, the developers kind of said that they didn't have them anymore. I mean, why would you destroy documents? And then when you went back to the got lost. And then when you went back to the architect who was trying to be helpful and and said to the developer, oh, that's okay, we'll get them from the architect. The developer said, Oh, they're copyright. So we don't give the architect permission to give you the <laughs> you remember all that? Mm, God, yeah. they were animals, those yeah. people. They absolutely were. I think you had a call from a lawyer from another state this week, didn't you, about um an apartment building that someone was trying to buy an apartment in yeah. and they'd asked for to see the plans and the yeah. plans of the unit and the yeah. developer refused to give them any documentation whatsoever. Well, what what had happened was that the, you know, this guy had gone to this lawyer and said, I'm thinking of buying this off the plan. And the lawyer said, well, let me see what they're pr- proposing. And he did his searches and they didn't even have a drawing of the building and there were no floor plans. So he went back to the council planning permission. Authority, planning yeah, authority. Um, documents to see if there was anything there. And again, he couldn't find any floor plans. So he said to the potential purchaser, get the developer to give you the floor plan. So he went to the developer and the developer said, no, I'm not giving you a floor plan. And if you insist, I'm not going to sell you the apartment. Wow. And here's the amazing thing. This block has sold out. Oh. <gasps> Everybody, Ooh, I everybody hope not, else. I hope it's not going to be real problems in a place like that. You oh, kind of think that there what might are the be. chances? Yeah, exactly. What are the chances? But in happier news, we've got the um, the Owners Corporation Network have got their strata conference coming up. It has been postponed, I think, because of the lockdown in Sydney. But that's happening next month now, isn't it? It is. So we'll have the details of that on the website, and uh, we can talk about. The other thing we're going to talk about, which is the hiding of defects and whistleblowers. We'll talk about that after this. Another story that's come out this week has been 
claims that people are hiding the defects in their buildings um, from potential purchasers, uh, especially, uh, which is a bit illegal. And we've got a story on the website about how people do that and why they do it. But one of the things that has come out of this is uh, David Chandler is saying that he's going to um, expose owners' corporations that do this, that deliberately hide defects. He hasn't spelled out how, but he's going to say, you know, they should mm. be worried about this and points out that the building, the notorious building that was in the papers all last week and last month where he's found all these defects, they wouldn't have found out about the defects if it hadn't been for a whistleblower. Yeah. Which brings us to the Strata Matters conference, because you're going to do a thing about using the media. That's right. You know, it's really hard for owners' corporations. They obviously don't really want people to know that their building have got defects mm. because they are worried that the value might fall. But I'll be talking to the to the conference about how if you do talk publicly about defects, it's your it's probably your best chance to get them sorted out. Yeah. And then while people might have heard of your building because of defect problems, then they'll hear even more about your building, the fact that the defects have been fixed up and your you, value you would should hope. really increase. Yep. You would hope. Absolutely. I mean it's it's funny. We know the the way the, the media works and and uh, for instance the two buildings near us they are now known as the anti-pet buildings because they were very prominent in the news. Um, they tried to ban pets and they couldn't. And, you know, people, you'll say, oh, I live near the Elan, and they go, oh, is that the anti-pet building? When we were going through our defects issues, getting back to that, I remember going on TV and, and pointing out that a plate of glass had come out of the balcony and landed somewhere. And I remember talking to somebody later, years later, and they say, oh, you live in that building where the person fell off the balcony. <laughs> to, to their death. <laughs> to their death. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, mm. and people go, no, no, yes, it's true. It's true. I know this because mm. my brother did, uh, knows somebody who was in the, you know, yeah, okay, I live in the building. <laughs> so I obviously don't know. And as well, I mean, with the pet thing, I did a story um, that was this weekend in the Domain magazine about pets and apartments and houses. And we had a picture of a fantastic greyhound, a huge greyhound that's being kept by a guy in the Alarm now. Yeah. And uh, the greyhound is incredibly happy and its owner is really happy. And most people in the Alarm, I think, are really happy. They're very, they're very affectionate yeah. towards yeah. James the Greyhound. Sorry, his same name same as name. me. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, reputations come and they go, and yeah, but there are people in that building who are trying to get the Greyhound out because they say it's her own dog for apartments, which is absolute bullshit, folks. Greyhounds are perfect for apartments because they're so lazy; they yeah. don't want to do anything. They just want to sleep on a couch all day. And if you want somebody to get your rabbits, uh, no. No, <laughs> Jimmy, no. <laughs> and this week as well, there was the um, New South Wales Architecture Awards. Right. And the Victorian Architecture Awards were a couple of weeks before that. Yep. And it was interesting, in the New South Wales one, the, the top award was won by um, the New Market East Precinct, which is a, a new, the first couple of stages of a new master-planned area in Randwick. Right. And the judges were saying, really, when – Architects are now designing apartments. It's not just about designing good apartments for the residents, although that's very important. It's also about 
providing great places for their neighbours and for the community at large. So it's about building parks, building courtyards, making apartment buildings kind of meld into the, the their landscape so other people can enjoy them as well, which I thought was a really interesting view. And when you look at the other apartment winners as well, they've all kind of got really great areas for mm. visitors as well mm. and, and passers-by and, yeah. you know, people to come and play in parks just nearby. And it's the same for the Victorian ones as well. You know, it's all about placemaking now, which well, is it, great when yeah. people are taking a larger view. Because there was a bit of a controversy on the, on the telly the other night about the new development plan for Blackwater Bay, mm. which is way into the future, but people were complaining about these 40-storey high towers. But because they've got the high towers there, it, it means there's going to be much more open space. Because yep, you can fit more people into the same footprint kind of thing. Yeah, like Mars Point. I mean, originally that was going to be covered with houses and instead it's got a couple of not very good-looking towers, but <laughs> it just meant that there's lots more open space. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah apartments That's how it are works. it. Yes. And just going back to the thing about buildings and their reputations, um, I don't know if anybody who read the Finn Review this week would have seen us in isolation, a picture of you, Sue, still in your pyjamas at about oh, midday. No. But the funny thing is that somebody phoned up the editor of that section in the Fin Review and said, you've got to take that picture out of the paper because they've got a cat in it and they're not allowed to have cats in that apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not true. A cat is totally legal. Hmm. Now, How it, weird. Yeah, slightly over pedantic, I think, and misinformed. It's NADOC week. Mm, yeah, happy NADOC week, everyone. And yeah. what's your news, Sue? Oh, well, I've got a new book out. and All it's right. uh, Yeah, and it's a, it's a biography about a fabulous Aboriginal woman called Auntie Di. Yep. Who's had an incredible life, well, she's kind of had nine lives in lots of ways. But she um, started off being, you know, she had a stolen childhood, but she's ended up overcoming incredible adversity. I mean, it was just quite amazing to sit sit with her and, and hear about her story and she's now you know one of the most um, revered and admired elders in the community she she now lives up on the central coast right. so the book is called daughter of the river country and, and who's um, publishing it it's echo publishing right is yeah. it out now it is it came out on friday is it in all good bookshops it is and probably quite a few bad ones as well you never miss that joke, do you? Never miss that one. Well, that's great. That's good. And you feel you're, I, I'm sensing you're very proud of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's such an amazing woman, um, yeah. Diane O'Brien. And, uh, it's, it's be great to get, um, a good audience. I mean, it's a shame that the big launch at the tram sheds was cancelled. It yeah. was meant to be on this Wednesday, but because of the lockdown, right. but hopefully it's going to be postponed rather than cancelled. So yeah. hopefully we can do it at a later date. And folks, you can find out more about that book on Sue's website, which is suewilliams.com.au. Thank you again, Sue, for coming in. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank and you for letting me spruik my stuff. Spruik your, <laughs> your book. And uh, thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Flat Chat Wrap podcast. You'll find links to the stories and other references on our website, flat-chat.com.au.
www.ghostbusters.org.au. And if you haven't already done so, you can subscribe to this podcast completely free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Flat Chat Rap with a W, click on subscribe, and you'll get this podcast every week without even trying. Thanks again. Talk to you again next week.